Hi, everyone. Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Bosses, where we interview badass investors who are crushing it in the commercial real estate space. I'm your host, Sarah Hoffman. And on today's call, we have Angel Williams of Lauren Capital. Or Angel, I'm excited to have you on the show. No, it's awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Perfect. Now, I always like to start off by understanding more about your story and you know what you did before real estate and how you got into commercial and multifamily. Um, actually, my husband and I both grew up in families and invested in real estate. So nice. we hit the residential trail um, pretty early on. Um, we got our first house in 03, became our first rental in 07. Um, since then, we've amassed some other single families, acquired a couple of duplexes. Um, and then I was a teacher for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've taught early elementary. I've taught middle school. I teach college still kind of just all over the place. I just like being a teacher. And that was kind of where the Academy Presents was born. Um, mm -hmm. I left teaching in 2020, but I will always have a teacher heart. Yeah. And the Academy Presents being an educational platform allows me to really get fulfillment um, mm -hmm. and still be able to teach and share information with others. I love that. So you were able to kind of take your passion, which is teaching and kind of, you know, merge it with this world of real estate and multifamily. And so tell me more about that um, platform. What kind of education do you provide? Absolutely. Um, so it started off, we had our first summit in March of 2020. And I told all the people that were there, I was like, I'm going to start a webinar or a podcast or something within four weeks. I missed nice. it by one day. <laughs> um, we were supposed to go, we were supposed to start on the last day of April and the first one was May 1st. Um, and that became a podcast August 1st of 2020 and we're still mm -hmm. going. So we've got like, I don't know, 217, 220 episodes now. And that's the podcast. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you've got the podcast, you've got some events going on as well, right? Mm -hmm. And some other things going on. Yeah, we've so, got um, our next summit coming up in March. We do another one in September. Um, so those two things are coming up. And then we've got just some other events. We've got a mastermind coming up. And so we're just kind of doing the education thing while we're working mm -hmm. our multifamily and yeah, really just building Keeping a family yourself of busy. investors and friends. <laughs> I love that. So you started off single family. You've been in the business um, as far as real estate goes for quite a while. Um, tell me more about how that transition happened going from, you know, from small duplexes and going over into bigger deals? Um, so it really happened about 2017, 2018. Um, my son was diagnosed with a really rare genetic condition um, when he was 19 months old. So wow. that would have been late 2011. I think it was summer 2011. Um, and it was pretty gut-wrenching. Um, when he mm -hmm. was first diagnosed, there were 742 cases in the world. Wow. And so there wasn't a lot of information other than it's bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we started realizing pretty early long, pretty early on that his medical expenses could be pretty extreme. And even though the residential side of things was going pretty smoothly for us, we knew that in order to be able to cover his medical expenses long-term, we were going to have to scale. And mm -hmm. multifamily allows for that possibility to scale at a much faster rate than what you're going to do in residential. Wow. So you really had a very strong why to get into this business. And did you already know about syndication at that time or how did you get into that? Um, it's really kind of funny. So Jason found this event in Grapevine, which is like, 
don't know, two hours from us. Mm -hmm. And, um, Joe Fairless was a speaker there. And at that point in time, Joe had like less than 60 million in asset center management. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's a little bit bigger than that now, but when we met him, we knew that that was who we wanted to, we knew we wanted to be a part of his program. And so that was, that was what really got us started was knowing that we wanted Mm -hmm. to do what he was doing and really do it under his guidance because I don't know, we just, we had a feeling that he really was going to go somewhere with Mm -hmm. it because he was just so Mm -hmm. dang laser focused. Yeah. Um, And if if you've ever met him, you know what I'm talking about? Like it's absolute laser focus. Like you're the only person in the room, even if there's 500 people around you, it's, it's amazing. That's awesome. And so tell me about, so what, so what year did you actually go to that event? And then how did you, how quickly did your business scale from there? I want to say it was 2017. It might've been 2018. Um, but we started getting involved on the LP side in mm-hmm. 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we went active side in 2021 and got our Great. first deal across the finish line that December. Awesome. Perfect. And what does your portfolio look like today? Um, We've got 160 units of multifamily that we own or operate. Mm-hmm. And then on the residential side, we've got six singles, a quad, a couple of duplexes, and then we're JV'd into some oil wells, <laughs> <laughs> um, which honestly, they're amazing cash flowing assets. Yes. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's pretty much where we're at. Um, we mm-hmm. still do residential if it like falls in our lap, but it's nice. not our primary focus anymore. Got it. Well, I'm going to touch on that oil well thing. It's very interesting, but I want to touch on that a little bit later. <laughs> Um, but let's, let's, let's go back to multifamily here for, for a second. Mm -hmm. So I really like how, obviously you had a very strong why, you know, obviously, you know, with your son having this condition, it kind of lit a fire under you, right. To kind of get things going fairly quickly. And you were able to, um, find this, this gift, I would say of multifamily syndication and be able to create that lifestyle where you can, you know, take care of him and be able to, you know, still run your business and have everything go um, and have a team be able to support you through that. So currently, would you say, how, how quickly were you able to go from, okay, we need something to happen here to, okay, we were able to kind of create this financial freedom for us to be able to take care of our son? Three, four years. Um, maybe, maybe more like three, um, Jason decided that we mm-hmm. needed to go active side in mm-hmm. 2021. Yeah. I had resigned from teaching in February, 2020. Mm-hmm. So I was already doing this full time. And then he, um, quit working as a chemical engineer in June of this past summer. And so we knew that he still had some consulting gig time. So he's still working for that company, designing their new lab. Mm-hmm. But um, we knew that we were going to have to start bringing more cash in. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. really, it's been probably the last 16 months that we really ramped up into a position mm-hmm. where, I mean, if Jason didn't have the consulting gig on the side, we probably would not both be able to do this full time yet. But mm-hmm. I bet in another year, maybe year and a half, I think we'll be fine. 
Awesome. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much the timeline that I think most people, or at least what I tell people is you, you want to kind of go at this for five years and kind of have a five-year goal to financial freedom. So it kind of sounds like right on track with what you're saying as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think so. Yeah. Right about (laughs) (laughs) Of course, some people do it really, really fast, but I I always, sometimes it's just good to see that some people, you know, even if it takes a little bit longer than, you know, two years, I think it just gets sometimes discouraging when we see some people seem to have overnight success and we're like, well, why haven't I got my first deal yet? You know, it's been, you know, 12 months. It's been, Right? Yeah. (laughs) It is, right? (laughs) It's hard. Don't let anybody make you believe it's not hard. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you started off as an LP, which I think a lot of people do. You know, I interview quite a few people and I think majority of the people I talk to say their first deal was LP because it is a little bit, you know, you kind of build that relationship. If you have the funds, it's good because you're going to learn a lot. You're going to kind of kind of see what happens like after the deal closes and then what happens and all there's like a lot of questions, right? Um, so, you know, obviously the first deal was the hardest. So how long did it take you to kind of get that first deal once you decided like, okay, this is kind of the route we're going to go? We were under contract for five months. Oh, wow. And I can yeah. vividly remember begging mm-hmm. the seller, <laughs> just, hey, let us let us get another extension. We're going to get this thing across the finish line. Yeah. I swear to yeah. you, we're going to get this thing across the finish line. But it didn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. we, it doesn't matter how loud you shout it until you've done it. You don't really yeah. have any mystery. And so mm-hmm. he was just a really great guy. And him and his wife believed in us. And Good. so they gave us the time we needed. And we got it Good. across the finish line. Awesome. Now the five months, was that because you were trying to raise capital or were there other issues going on that caused it? We had a really tough time getting a loan product. Okay. Um, We went through three GP teams or we went through two. The third one got us across the finish line. Um, But Mm. my husband and I, we had 150,000 that had gone hard day one. We were in it. We were in it at the end. We oh were going to get it across the finish line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, found, so you, did you find the deal yourself? Then you put your own money up front for it, and then you had to find a couple different sponsors. So that's kind well, of no, we, how we, we ultimately were the lead sponsors on our own first deal. Okay. So your partner, <laughs> but you were trying to get a sponsor, or is that how it happened? Um, we started out with one. Hmm. And then that team didn't make it. And so then we, I called a friend of mine to help us just mm-hmm. raise. And then between us and him, we had the net worth and liquidity to take the deal down. And so mm-hmm. that was how it worked out. And because it was our deal, we took the lead position. And it's been wild ever since because you're not going to come across a whole lot of people that were the lead sponsors on their first deal. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> how many units was that one? 72. 72. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty huge for your, be the lead sponsor on your first, for but sure. We've learned a ton. Yeah. We've learned a ton. We'll just go with I that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And then what would you say would be kind of your strength or your area of focus? Um, you know how this is a team sport, so everyone kind of has their specialty. What do you, what is your focus on? Um, my specialty is absolutely relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. Not necessarily just with investors, but with everybody. 
So that mm-hmm. may be vendors or PMCs or different other people that are involved in the space. Uh, my husband is absolutely the underwriter. Like no nice. ifs, ands, or buts. He coded our whole spreadsheet. <laughs> Um, nice. It is his niche. He helps other people out when they're customiz- when they're doing some customizations mm-hmm. on their own. Um, and we just stay out of each other's way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've been blessed with a pretty good memory, and so I'm able to remember lots of details about people, and that helps mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I don't want to just build relationships with investors. I want to build relationships with with friends, so that I'm actually mm-hmm. calling on friends when we're in a time of need. Or when we need to ask a question, I don't want to have to call someone to be like, hey, you know, you invested in the steel. I want to be like, hey, how's it going? Did you go to that soccer game with your kid? Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. So this is what's going on with me right now. <laughs> yeah. Break it down. And I think it, it works better when you've got that more than a handshake relationship already. Perfect. All right. I love that. Now let's go back and talk about these oil wells. So how did you get into that? I think that's uh, very different, but I'm very curious. If I, whenever time I, I pass an oil well, I'm like, I need to own one of those. <laughs> so um, we'll just go with I Married Up. Uh, <laughs> had oil on their land out in West Texas. And when his dad passed away, we inherited an IRA that had a certain amount of money in it. And... I don't know, maybe six months, nine months later, this deal came across our email to invest in some oil wells. And so we're listening to the webinar, this guy's pitching us, and it was almost the exact amount to the dollar of the inherited IRA. And we were told that we weren't going to be able to use that for anything. Well, Hmm. it turns out that the pitch man on this deal runs like the number one IRA magazine in the nation. And he told Jason exactly what he needed to do, which boxes he needed to check. And he's like, okay, you just got, you just JV'd in some oil wells. And it was almost like Jason's dad was like reaching down from heaven (laughs) and saying, hey, this is a good thing for you to do. And it's been, it's been a really good thing. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I didn't even know that that was something that was possible. So now that I know it's something I can maybe look for in the future, but thank you for sharing that. Other opportunities, like you can do um, a completely new drill. Um, I had a friend that he dry hold last year. So they spent all this money to drill this well, and there was nothing there. All of the studies said, yes, there's oil here, there's oil here. But when they started drilling, they were migrating a lot. So it was going off point, but they would get it back and then they go off point. But the at the end of the day, there was no oil there. Now they got to fully deduct all of the costs associated with that. But in our situation, we were drilling next to a well that was already there, but they had capped it off because the bigger oil companies aren't as efficient at separating the oil and water. Cause you get to a point where there's a lot of oil and water in the mix. And we found, or we didn't find this company found us really like destiny found this company for us. <laughs> and um, they were really efficient at separating the oil and water, and it's just been a really amazing investment. I love that. That's very cool. So something to think about getting into involved in, you know, investing in an oil well. It's not necessarily related to the show, but it's, you know, we're, we're open to all topics here. <laughs> you know, you've got to diversify. And I mean, I yeah. just feel like as an economist, I mean, getting rid of all petro engines is very cost prohibitive. And if we mm-hmm. do that in a unilateral move, we're going to make our goods mm-hmm. more expensive on the world front. And that just puts For us sure. in a bad position. So it, it's almost, it's so cost prohibitive. I just don't believe we're going to be moving away from petro based engines anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. It's really, it's intertwined with 
everything we do, not just driving. So, <laughs> so um, now your educational platform, you know, I love that you have that going on. Tell me more about, you know, what people can, can get out of those events and other things that you're putting out there right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can make sure that you, I'm pretty sure we sent it, the link to the podcast. Um, we also do a virtual meetup every Monday. So every Monday at noon Eastern, holiday, birthday, traveling, it does not matter. We will meet <laughs> at noon Eastern every single Monday for the Marvelous Mondays meetup. And it's an amazing group of people. There's about, you know, 25 to 35 people that show up every Monday and we just hang out. We talk a mm -hmm. little bit of real estate and we've just become really a family. We've become a, a big group of friends. And so it's, it's a really neat event. Awesome. Well, Christmas is on a Monday this year. So you're going to gonna no. stick to the Christmas uh, schedule there. <laughs> so not all investors celebrate Christmas. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> So I guess we're going to meet for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Now, um, you've been through, you know, a lot um, over this real estate journey that you've been on. What was the most difficult thing you've had to overcome so far? So I, I lovingly call it the burning. Mm -hmm. It was a two-week period where my husband and my oldest daughter were at Philmont, which is a BSA camp in like backcountry New Mexico. They were in the mountains, mm -hmm. no cell phone access, no internet access. Um, while they were gone, the property management company we were using dissolved. Um, so I was trying to take care of that. I was trying to take care of a, of a clean out on a unit. Um, I was taking care of our other children at home, our special needs son and our two youngest daughters and just kind of losing my mind. <laughs> it was so hard. Um, and it was just like one thing after the other with the property management company and our regional was working so hard to find another company to come in and take over the properties because what had happened was it's like on the, on July 11th, we got a phone call that said, Hey, you're we're dissolving in two weeks. And, um, it's okay. This company's going to take you over. Then we got mm -hmm. a certified letter that said, oh yeah, they're not going to take you over. Oh no. So that was when the regional had to start searching for another one. And we're trying to yeah. like handle what's going on on site because she's trying to find another company to take it over. And so a lot of weird things just happened with that as it was going on. Mm -hmm. um, we thought we were three months behind in the electric bills and like the water and everything. And I wound up calling a friend who <laughs> had done the electric contract and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, you know what? This is what you're going to do. You're going to give me your logins and I'm going to mm -hmm. take care of this for you. And I was like, man, thank you so, so much. <laughs> that was going on. And then it was like, it was just so many things that during that 14 days that I learned so much. Like mm -hmm. I had no clue that, that I could handle that. I'm not saying I handled it well. But <laughs> that because it was, it was rough. Um, mm -hmm. and that's, that's probably the hardest thing that I've ever been through to date was just wow. dealing with all the tumultuousness and all of the obstacles and just the crazy mm -hmm. that went on in those 14 days, because it was, it was, it was beyond, beyond, um, my friend that was taking on the electric contract, he told me, he said, you know, Angel, would you rather be on a five-year slow drip with this or just get everything out of the way in the first six months? Like, I don't know. <laughs> At this point, I'm not real sure. Um, but it was, it was a lot. It was a lot to take care mm -hmm. of. And like, I know I'm, I, I know I'm leaving stuff out. Cause I'm just like, I think I've, I've got like a mental block now 
I don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of tough times. So what kind of advice or, or what kind of, um, you know, final um, words would you give someone who is new to the industry? You know, they're just starting out. They want to get their first deal done. What's the biggest piece of advice you have for them? Find you a really good coach or mentor mm -hmm. because when things are going crazy, that's your lifeline. Mm -hmm. um, now, during the burning, I want to say everybody mm -hmm. was on vacation. I felt so alone. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was able to at least get in touch with a friend of mine on WhatsApp because she decided that they were going to travel outside of the country to visit her family. Nothing, I'm not angry or anything. I was just like, how am I going to get a hold of my friend now? There's nobody I can yeah. talk to. Um, <laughs> but it was, I mean, again, it was just the strength of, Mm -hmm. Being able to go to some of my friends' meetups in the evenings. Um, mm -hmm. My friend Aaron going to, he has a meetup. And I got some tough love that night. And I needed it. I needed to be snapped out of, you know, oh, poor pitiful me. This is happening to me. Mm -hmm. And just realized, no, this is happening for you. And you are going to build some crazy ass muscles. And <laughs> you're going to do this and it's all going to be just fine. So I love that. And yeah. where can someone who doesn't have that mentor yet, and maybe they don't have, you know, some of these mentorships are very expensive, you know, yes. tens of thousands of dollars. If, if they didn't have that, what can you advise them on? Like, where can they, what can they add value to someone or what would be the best way to kind of build that relationship? So I cost us a year and a half and about $30,000 at the beginning of our journey because I thought Joe was too much. And mm. I'm just going to say, like, when you find a coach that you know you fit with, I mean, just call them, beg them, cry, give them a hand. <laughs> but right. you're going to know when it's the right coach. You're going to yeah. know when it's the right person to be your mentor. And, I mean, sell furniture, sell clothes. do <laughs> Just <laughs> you're going to make it happen because it's going to be life-changing for you. Absolutely. That makes sense. You know, if you really want it, you're going to make it happen. and doesn't matter what the cost is, you'll find a way. Perfect. Yeah. When I think about like, I mean, we've spent well over six figures in coaches now mm -hmm. and we've more than, we more, yeah, we've more than tripled our net worth. That's amazing. Yeah. So, it's I mean, totally don't, worth it. yeah, don't think that it's not worth it because you're going to, mm -hmm. it, it's going to light another fire under you because you're not just going to spend, you know, Mm -hmm. six figures and not bust your ass to do what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Angel, what's the best place for people to find you online if they want to learn more about you? Um, LinkedIn is probably the best place. I am Angel Williams on LinkedIn. And I know that there's going to be some other um, links and stuff once the show notes come out. Uh, but LinkedIn is probably the place where I'm most active. Perfect. All right. So I'll include links to your podcast and your LinkedIn and everything else um, below in the show notes. So thank you so much, Angel, for being on the show. It was lovely to have you. And everyone, thank you for tuning in. If you guys enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Every review helps us to be able to reach more and more people that are looking to get started in commercial real estate. Awesome. Today's show was sponsored by Synergy Capital Investments. To download your free multifamily investment guide for beginners or to schedule a call to learn about our upcoming investment projects, go to thrivewithsynergy.com. 
That's thrivewithsynergy.com or click on the link below.